you like stories about haunted locations, or maybe tales of cryptids and spooky folklore from around the world. If so, why not tune in to Haunted Escapes with Chris and Diane, where all this and more will be discussed. New episodes drop every Sunday, the visual versions the following Friday on YouTube. So why not come join us on our Haunted Escapes? Hi, this is Diane. And this is Kelly of the History Goes Bump podcast. We are in our 10th year of production for the podcast. And we can say without reservation that no other podcast has covered as many haunted locations as we have. We prove that history isn't boring. It's terrifying. Find History Goes Bump wherever you get your podcasts. Keep it spooky. Yeah, we're not supposed to be here. Welcome to the Activity Continues podcast. We are your hosts. This is Megan. And this is Amy. Thanks for joining us again this week. Uh, Megan will be recapping the Dead Files episode called The Whispering. It's from season six and it's episode 12. And it originally aired on June 17th, 2016. Which is and- my brother's birthday. Oh, no, I picked it. Okay. Um, I just picked it because it it I watched like a little trailer and it looked really creepy. So good. Good, good. It delivered. It was more sad than creepy. Um, We've had a bunch of sad ones lately. Hopefully the next one isn't going to be sad. Yeah. Um, Also, I do have a cold, so I'll probably be like muting off and on to cough. So I sincerely (laughs) apologize for that. But (laughs) That's fine. It's better than hacking into the mic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So that's really why there was no rhyme or reason behind it. Cool, cool. Um, Yeah. So big news today. Guess what I got in the mail? What'd you get in the mail? A fucking jury summons. <gasps> I know. Oh my God. I fi- It is already filled out and ready to be sent back in the mail. <laughs> I was like, I'm texting all my friends. I didn't text you because I knew we, I was going to tell you. Yeah. John's oh. like, you're not going to do that, are you? I'm like, have we fucking met? I know. <laughs> I'm not good. Yeah, of course I'm doing this. I'm in Hennepin County. It's probably going to be a murder trial. I know. So I was texting one, uh, like a group chat of my friends and I was like, um, you know, just joking what I would say. Like, according to um, Homicide Hunter, this scene was very contaminated. Um, <laughs> how are you responding to those contaminations? <laughs> Um, according to Homicide Hunter and every other true crime documentary, it's almost always the husband. I noticed the husband is not the suspect right now. What evidence do you have to support that he's not the, the right. suspect? Did we look at the husband? Because oh, oh, he was three hours away. Oh, have we considered that it was a hired hit? Yeah. Yeah. What's her life insurance policy? <laughs> was it recently changed? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I was like, I'm probably just going to get a job offer to be a lawyer after this. Probably. Yeah. They're going to say, you don't even have to go to law school. I know. You already know everything. I'll pull a Kim Kardashian. <laughs> I'll just whip 
up and be like, oh, my God, I want to be a lawyer. And I guess I'm like, a lawyer now. I guess I'm a lawyer now. Kind of like yep. how Donald Trump woke up and was like, I'm going to run for president. Yeah. Well, worked for both of them. Actually, Anything's possible. Anything's That's possible. my point. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm saying. Yep. Yep. They were like, what's your occupation? And I wrote HR journalist, but what I should have written is true crime aficionado. Yeah. Well, I would say don't lead with that or they will kick you off. They I know I'm not off. going. They'll be like, do you watch true crime? And I'll be like, what's true crime? What's, what do you mean? What does what, that mean? I watch my little ponies with my toddler. <laughs> We're really big into Paw Patrol. Um, so maybe that disqualifies me. I mean, that is a, law enforcement. Yeah, that is law enforcement. That might disqualify me. Well, that's exciting. When do, know. You, when do you do that? Uh, it, start? the, it starts October 24th. Oh, so happy birthday. Tell me exactly. Oh my God! What if I get one too? Wouldn't that be amazing if we could both be on the same journey? <laughs> oh my God! Oh, we'd have to act like we wouldn't. We didn't I know, know each other though. I know. I'd be like, I, "Who's that blonde chick? I've never seen you before in my entire life." <laughs> Who are you? What's your name? Alisa? Oh, Amy. I'm sorry, Amy. Sorry. Oh, I like Alisa though. That's pretty. I know, right? You can call me that. Okay. You um, can call me Betty. Betty. Yeah. Betty, okay. when you call me, when you call me Oh, Al. when you call me Al. Okay. Okay. <laughs> call me Al. Call, I'll call you Betty. Oh, I have one more thing. Sorry. One more thing. So I'm taking my SHRM course, so Society of Human Resource Management, um, which is a really big certificate to have in the HR world. Good. So how how are you uh, at tests, at taking tests? Do you get test anxiety? Um, I do if I don't prepare. Okay. So... Yeah, it's really good. Um, it's just, you know, and I already have had nightmares about not handing in assignments on time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, first well, night. And as somebody with anxiety already, I was thinking that would, I was one, that's why I asked about yeah. test anxiety. I have major test anxiety. Even if I, you could test me on Ralph Macchio mm -hmm. trivia and I would yeah. still be afraid I'd get something wrong. Right. And those of you who don't know, he was my Probably my first movie star boyfriend. And uh, so I know I know pretty much everything there is to know about Followed him. closely in second place by either, don't tell me, uh, James Spader or Rob Lowe. Uh, Rob Lowe was never No, no, really... no. It wasn't Rob Lowe. It was the other guy who turned out to be a douche. What was his name? I don't even want to say it. Scott. Scott Bayo. Chachi. Yeah, he turned out to be an asshole. Yeah. I'm embarrassed about that. Actually, I liked him before Ralph Macchio, but I don't count him anymore. No. So Ralph Macchio is my number one. I still love Ralph Macchio. Who doesn't love He's perfect. Ralph Macchio? Yeah. He has a book coming out. Does he? he? Yeah. He didn't even ask me to promote this. But my, my friend Rachel texted me yesterday and she goes, are you going to get Ralph Macchio's book? And I was like, what? And, and then you were like, said, I am now. I am now. I already pre-ordered it. Well, no, money. I didn't actually pre-order it. I put it in my wish list for my birthday because okay. it's coming out right after my birthday. He, it's like he knew. I know. I know. Yeah. yeah. We're like, we're twin flames. Obviously. Forget about his wife that he's been with since they were 14. And your husband who you've been with for right. long. Th 30 years. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. <laughs> All out the window. Just like yep. you and John Stamos. Oh, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. John knows. Yeah. Yep. John knows. Yeah. So what's new with you that now that I've hogged 35 is... minutes of the conversation? You're like, um, I'm a part of this podcast too. Yeah. Like, That's hilarious. <laughs> Um, let's see. What is new? Uh, la, 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 la. my mom has COVID. Oh God. Yeah. She made it so long. I know. 
And how's she doing? She's okay. She just had a really bad sore throat for like three days and didn't Mm -hmm. even like didn't even say anything to me about it. I hadn't talked to her in a couple days and I called Mm -hmm. her to uh, tell her that Greg's mom was in the hospital. You called somebody? I know. I I have to call my mom. She that's the that's the real terror in this story. Yeah. (laughs) Is Greg's mom okay? Uh uh, so she has been talking about, I may have told you this, but she has been telling the doctors and mentioned it to Greg's brother, too, that Greg and I are going to be closing on a multi-million dollar real estate deal. And so we are set for life. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So, so why didn't you tell me this? <laughs> I had I had brunch with Jody today and I was telling her about it. And she goes, well, tell me more. And I said, I don't know anymore. You have to ask Phyllis. You have to ask <laughs> no Phyllis. Idea. Flip so, phone, Jody. Flip phone. Yes, flip That's phone. That's how Jody. I know her. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm sure she's so insulted that I know her. Oh, she doesn't. That. No, she's very, very proud. I also know her about as Nurse Jody. Yeah, so Nurse Jody with the flip her. phone. <laughs> yep. Yeah, she's she's proud of both of those things. But anyway, so I called my mom to mm-hmm. tell her that um, that Phyllis was in the hospital and that we were going to go over to her house and do some cleaning in her apartment, and uh, so we were going to be in the building. So I asked mom if she needed anything. And she's like, oh, I've had a really bad sore throat for three days. I'm like, well, wh- how come you didn't say anything? So I grabbed a bag and put in a COVID test and some plastic gloves and some hand sanitizer and some chicken noodle soup and a protein shake and mm-hmm. brought it all over. And I put it on her door and rang her doorbell and ran. I tailed it out of there. Hi. And uh, so she later she took the test later that night and it was positive. So I know, but she's not terribly sick. She's vaccinated and boosted and all of that. And, and, you know, Greg's mom in the hospital now has it too. So, um, but she's not vaccinated because, you know, she's a Fox news watcher. Yep. So, um, they're going to track us. Yep. Yep. A quarter sticks to my injection site. (laughs) The microchip. Yep. Yep. So that's that. Uh, Mom news. That's about it. I don't think anything else exciting is going on. I don't have any mom news. Mm-mm. Well, that's that's good. Your mom's mm-hmm. doing well. Yeah. So as long as you're going to be back in town on that day we talked about, that's when we will be talking to Lance, who is yes. the client from the episode mm-hmm. that Megan did last time, which is Helen Not McCartland. Lance Bass. Not Lance Bass. Unfortunately. Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm sure this lunch is delightful. Yes, I'm sure he mm-hmm. is a delight. Yeah, he's 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 very nice via yeah. email. I've exchanged some emails with him. He's a nice guy. So we will be talking to him then, which means that episode, depending on how long it takes me to <laughs> edit it, um, probably be out the you know the week week after. What would that be? October third or something like that. I don't know. It's numbers. It's numbers. I can't do numbers. And I can't see my calendar because there's a bunch of crap sitting on top of it. Carry the one. (laughs) So. I don't know. Also, um, next next week, a week from today, we will be in Badness Heights. Badness Heights at the Psychic. Not doing a live show or anything. Don't get that no, excited. No. We are going to for visit. For our four listeners in yeah. the Twin Cities. <laughs> hey, my mom will come. Um, he can't come. <laughs> not now. He's got the Rona. <laughs> um, we are 
going to visit that psychic that we were supposed to do like six months ago. I'm so I'm excited. excited. I, I was telling my mom about it last night and she's really intrigued. Ooh. Um, I know. So I'm really interested to see what she says. Yeah. And if she tells me I'm having any more kids, I'm going to take my money back and run away from her and be like, you are not. Do not put that on me. Do not put any more children in my uterus. She has done her job. Because it's the psychic done. that got you pregnant. Yeah, it was. Obviously. <laughs> Definitely. Jenny. Thanks, Jenny. Um, yes, I'm so excited. Yeah. I'm so, so, so excited. I'm so excited. And I just <laughs> so that being that, we might not record next week unless we do it during the week and whatever. So at any rate, the next episode may be late. It may be yes. missing. We're not really sure what's going to go on there. We um, like to keep everybody on the edge of your seats. Yeah, we'll we'll be back to normal. Well, yeah. actually, we won't be back to normal for a bit because after after the whatever the next episode, we might. It might be just us talking about the psychic. You know, yes. we can we can do that. Just a little shorty yes. one. And then the following after, episode. Then that will be with Lance. Lance. And then the one after that will probably be a regular episode. And then after that will be the our Boo contribution Pod. to the Boo Pod collaboration, which mm-hmm. we have our topic picked. We and do. Yeah, that was a that was hard to do. Holy crap. There's not a lot. Yeah, I can't really get into it without spoiling what it is, but it was hard to find something and find enough information. There's a lot of topics you could do a short dive on. Yes. Yes. Like a little shallow snorkel, maybe. Right, right. Through the reefs. Yep. A little wade in the kiddie pool. Yeah. But to do like a a deep dive with the Mm -hmm. sharks Mm -hmm. is there's not a lot of. Not that much. Yeah. Not a lot of topics on that. Yeah. So. So um, it was it was kind of tough, but I did find yeah. something and yep. we found enough source material. I also yep. found, I'll send you a screenshot, but I found like five or six podcast episodes from different oh, podcasts good. that I don't even okay. know um, that covered this topic. So we can oh, listen to those and we can watch that show. And Okay, moving on. Our promo partner this week, I picked uh, the Skylark Bell because Sky- we haven't oh, talked about yeah. her in a while. And I that's know. Melissa Oliveri, who is yep. our, our composer of our oh, beautiful God. theme song. Chills. Yeah. Yep. Literal chills. And she just wrapped up her uh, season of The Skylark Bell, which is called Wingspan. It's the second book in her trilogy. Mm-hmm. And she just released the last one. And oh, my God. It's so good. Nice. It's so, so, so good. So, so, so good. I don't know when the next one's coming, but friends, if you have not listened to The Skylark Bell, head on over Drop there. Drop what you're doing. Well, not Af- everything. After I mean, you're after. done listening. Yes, after this episode. Mm-hmm. Then um, then go on and listen to it. They're very short episodes. They're like 10 to 15, maybe 20 minutes would be a long mm-hmm. one. So they're real short. So you could probably do like the whole book in a couple of days if you wanted to. But I like to do it in just short little spurts. I maybe mm-hmm. listen to two at a time. And she's a beautiful voice. And she's got music and um, sound effects and everything. It's a whole production. It's like a radio show. Yeah. It's amazing. She's so, so, so good. So that's our promo partner. You're going to hear the um, the trailer mm-hmm. in the middle of this episode. So I think that's all I have half an hour, 40 minutes into <laughs> starting. Um, <laughs> to be fair, like 35 of those 40 minutes were me talking. Well, that's No, that's fine. I asked you um, a lot of questions. 
I had a lot to say, which is like shocking. I know. No, normally it never like, happens. Normally it's like pulling teeth. <laughs> Welcome to the mysterious world of the Skylark Bell. Our story begins on the outskirts of a small town called Pocket, where Margaret Phaeton, better known as Magpie, must connect a series of unexplained events, psychic visions, and century-old folktales before the mysterious silence hanging over the abandoned farm at Meadow Lane spreads to the entire town. The Skylark Bell is a fiction podcast in serial format with new chapters every Friday and bonus episodes that recount real-life paranormal experiences. Find The Skylark Bell on all major platforms and at theskylarkbell.com. I'm Melissa Oliveri. Thank you for listening. Hey everyone, we want to welcome our new sponsor, Gobble. As you know, life can get pretty hectic. Between work, errands, and family time, who always has the energy to plan, shop for, and cook delicious meals every night? That's where Gobble comes in. It's a meal kit service that takes the stress and guesswork out of dinner. I used to dread the what's for dinner question every night. Gobble has been a game changer. They deliver fresh, pre-portioned ingredients, and easy-to-follow recipe cards right to your door. Exactly. No more last-minute grocery runs or scrambling for inspiration. Plus, the recipes are incredibly diverse. From healthy options to comfort food classics, there's something for everyone. And let's not forget that cooking together can be a fun family activity. Gobble's recipes are simple enough to involve everyone in the kitchen, even the little ones. So if you're looking for a way to make delicious, stress-free meals that the whole family will love, head over to the link in the show notes or on our website to get your first six meals for $36. Gobble. Make dinner amazing. We want to give a shout out to our newest affiliate partner, Just Brands. This is the company that makes the CBD and THC gummies that I have been talking about. I have purchased both the Delta 8 and the Delta 10 versions, and they're really nice. They're actually really tasty, too, but I wouldn't recommend just eating a ton of them at once. I did buy them to help me sleep. And well, let's just say that one night I took one. And when I went to bed, I felt myself melting into my bed. It was lovely. For a limited time, you can get 20% off these treats when you go to justcbdstore.com or just follow the link in the show notes and then use our promo code ACTIVITY24. This offer is good until March 27th, so get your gummies now. Um, okay, so I do have a content warning. There is a brutal murder with um, stabbing. Ooh. And we also talk about white settlers destroying um indigenous people oh great murdering them and great. just basically wiping them off the face of the mm. so <laughs> that is so fun that sounds familiar yep basically <laughs> all of the world okay so we're in concrete washington now we're with steve and melissa and honestly melissa she has no energy left so like everything Aww. she says is like barely a whisper i mean Aww. she's just so the first words out of her mouth are, in the whole show, I'm terrified to be in my own home. 
It's like living in a nightmare. Oh. They moved there in 2006. Her husband um, is in the military. He was in the Navy and also the Marines. I don't know how that works, but um, I don't, he served. I, don't I don't know. But he's he's done a couple of tours. Um, so thank you for his service. And yes. all the vets who are listening, thank you so much. Yes, thank you. Thank they, you. They um, bought the land and they had the house built. So it's a brand new house. They are the only ones who've lived in it. Um, and so Steve asks if you know of if if she knows of any of the history of the land. And Melissa says very like at run of the mill. Well, I know there was a woman next door that had her throat slit. Oh, and Steve goes, wow. <laughs> okay, I'll coming in hot. hot, coming in hot. <laughs> um, so she lives there with her husband Brandon, and she used to live there with her son Taylor, but he moved out two months ago, and that's all we know about Taylor. He's not on the show. We don't have any other information on him, just that he left. So we don't know why. We he don't know left. why he left. Mm-hmm. No, we, maybe he left because he got, you know, was grown up and was like, I'm done. Or maybe mm-hmm. he left because of what was happening. So some of the things that happen are they hear sounds like banging. They see shadow figures. They see apparitions and they get touched. They feel people touching them. Yuck. As she's talking to Steve, she kind of stops and says, did you hear that? Mm. And he said, no. And she said something went right in her ear and she's touching her ear saying, oh Shh, like telling her to be quiet. <gasps> it went right by my ear. Like, tell me to be quiet. Well, you're not going to be quiet. So whatever's here can tell, go to hell. All right. Go, Steve. Go, Steve. And then she said, he said that he's, he's there with her and she's safe and she's so scared. She's just crying and Steve is like, okay, well, you need to calm down. Like you're shaking. And I'm yeah. like, well, no shit, Steve. And he just holds her hands and Aww. they do some breathing at the table, like in and out breaths. Oh my Aww. God. Aww. I just, Steve, please be my friend. <laughs> you know, Steve gives the best hugs. Yeah. I know I say this all the time, but yeah. you know he does. Yeah, like, I'm sure just he just envelops you in yeah. the hug. And then she says she just feels like she's going crazy because other people can't hear it. And she said, she just feels like they say, you're going nuts. You're crazy. And Steve says, well, I'm not saying that, am I? Oh, Steve, I love you. (laughs) And Melissa thinks it's affecting her marriage. She said they used to be really strong. And she said she feels like whatever is there is trying to divide them and and split them apart. We've seen that before. Mm -hmm. Her health is failing. She has osteoporosis. Mm. She sees a specialist for her throat. She has vocal cord dysfunction. She also says she feels like she's being choked by whatever is there. Steve asks if she's had, if she ever had any of these illnesses before. And she said, no, before living there, she was perfectly healthy. And then she whispers, I think it's trying to kill me. Oh God. She, she, like I said, she hardly speaks above a whisper. Like she's just, it's almost like she's just beaten down. Yeah. You know, like she just, just given up. Yep. How long did you say they've lived there? Or did you? Since 2006. Six. So okay. And that's 16 years. Air, oh. And so they, the, the house is brand new. They had it built. So nobody's yeah. lived in it besides yeah. them. Okay. So we go to the master bedroom. And honestly, this is the only place in the entire house that we, that we are, including on Amy's walk. Amy's walk, she does the outside, mm-hmm. but she doesn't do the uh, inside. As far as I could tell, it's never uh anywhere else other than this master bedroom and outside wow so we're in the master bedroom and um melissa says they hear voices she says we hear two females arguing 
And Steve is, and Steve said, well, could it be the TV? And she said, no, the TV is never on. She said she had a woman sit on the end of the bed and try to touch her. She said she described her as having long hair and a skeleton face. Oh, lovely. She said it was definitely meant to scare her. And she sat on the bed and reached out to her and she said, you're going to die. Oh, God. She said you're going to die. Relax. Hold my hand. Relax. And like, she is rough. It's rough. Mm. She is really shaken up. Wow. Yeah, it's not good. Then she said she was taking a bath two nights ago. She got out of the bath and she said her leg was burning. She looked down and she had scratches on her leg. Um, uh, and so I sent you a photo of that. Uh-huh. Steve says this is one of the more severe cases they've worked on. And mm-hmm. she just whispers, make it go away and make it stop hurting me. Oh. And Steve hugs her and she just whispers. She says, I'm so tired. Mm. I'm so tired. I don't blame her. Mm-mm. She is. I mean, she is like. She's not good. Mm -mm. So then we talked to Brandon, who's her husband. Mm -hmm. And Steve said that, you know, Melissa thinks whatever's in the house is trying to kill her. And he says, I can't say that it's not like he agrees with her. Okay. He said that he gets neck pain, like a rope is around his neck, pulling him in the air and he tastes blood in his mouth. And he said, I've had blood in my mouth many times, Steve. He said, I know what blood tastes like. He said it happens multiple times and it lasts five to 10 minutes. Like oh, my God. Con- yeah, it's constantly happening. So he said he was watching TV um, and he felt like something weird. He looked over. Um, there's a kitchen door and it has like a window in it with, the, you know, normal. I'm, why am I describing a fucking window? You know what a fucking window is. <laughs> so it's you know, glass window, and it's generally glass, has like and it a- has like a, a four squares <laughs> in it and so he said he saw a child's face in the window oh. and Steve asked, could it have been a neighborhood kid? And, uh, you know, like, did you go out and check and see if it was a kid? And, mm-hmm. and Brandon says, we don't have any kids in the neighborhood. Oh, he says, you think you're losing your mind. You think you're going crazy. And then this incident that he talked about, um, he said his wife. And so Melissa and Taylor had left. He was or was it Tyler? I think it's uh, Tyler. Let me see. Oh, my God. Taylor. Taylor. Okay. Okay. So, geez, Louise, I'm a mess. Dory. So he said, Melissa and Taylor had left. He was sitting on the couch watching TV. And then all of a sudden, he said, there was a black shadow thing standing in front of the TV. He said, as clear as you are standing in front of me, couldn't see through it. He said, it scared him so badly, he gasped. Uh huh. And he actually had to stop telling the story. He was so shaken. Wow. He like had to stop. And pull himself together. He said he looked down and when he looked back up, it was gone. And he actually started crying. He's like, tears didn't fall, but you Mm -hmm. could hear it in his voice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He's like, how do you protect against something you can't protect against? You can't see. You can't see it. You can't fight it. Yeah. You know, how do you fight an apparition? Right. I mean, they're really, he said both him and Melissa feel like they're going crazy. Mm. And I don't blame them. Mm -mm. I mean, how do you? You and I, I mean, I could tell you I saw an apparition. You'd be like, oh, my God. But mm-hmm. if I told somebody else, they'd be like, you're fucking loony. Yeah. They, they'd say that doesn't exist. Yeah. And I'd be like, well, you're fucking wrong. Because <laughs> it does. It does. So we talked to Tammy. She was a former neighbor. She used to live next door to them really close. She said about 140 yards from where they are right now. Should she move two years ago because she had a lot of experiences in the house she couldn't explain? In her she own was house. Afraid in her own house. Okay. She was afraid for her life and for her kids. 
She said they would all get so sick, horrendous stomach pains, couldn't stop throwing up to the point where they could hardly breathe because they were throwing up so much. Oh, Jesus. And she said since she's moved, haven't had any issues, perfectly healthy. Oh, my God. She said their moods and attitudes were affected as well. She said they were angry and they were not angry people. So they were fighting all the time. Mm-hmm. Here's where it gets interesting. Tammy said she talked to local tribes and was informed that it used to be Native American land before the white people settled here. Mm-hmm. The Native Americans told her that it was soaked with blood and that people should not live on this property. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. My guess is Amy's going to say that, too. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. <laughs> okay. So um, do you remember when Melissa mentioned that a woman had had her throat slit? Uh-huh. Steve looks into this um, and he talks to Eric Strasskein. Strasskein? They Nailed didn't it. say his name. Nailed it. Um, and so the woman's name was Vicky Silvis. Uh, she was married to John Silvis. They got married in 1993. They moved to Concrete uh, in 1996. Shortly after that, their marriage falls apart. And he ends up moving back to Port Angeles where he worked as a trucker. So very, very quickly after moving there they he leaves so then we talk about the crime december 8th 1997 she was an accountant normally very prompt to work showed up on time she didn't show up to work that day so the manager sent a co-worker to check on her found her dead in the driveway uh in a pool of her own blood Ew. covered her with a blanket to which i wrote contamination <laughs> and steve said that too so he contaminated yep. the scene yep Death, cer- death certificate describes her death as acute exsanguination. So basically, she stabbed in the neck multiple times and bled out. Ugh. It's still an open case. It's what? still unsolved. Um, Wasn't her husband? I, no, not that he was. He had a. He was a. Um, he had an alibi. He was three hours away. He had receipts, to which I said it could have been a hit. But exactly. We talked to him, um, and okay. I don't think it's him. Okay, but. Um, I, I tried to do a find more information on this. There's mm-hmm. nothing. Really? There's nothing out there. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's an open case. Um, no sign of forcible entry. Uh, the lights were on. The interesting part is she was laying in a pool of her own blood, but her shoes were 20 feet away. Okie doke. That's bizarre. Yeah, I don't stumped. I'm stumped. So the last time she was seen at a party was the night before with four other people. Two of the names that came out were Ray Valentin, Valentin, should have paid attention to that, (laughs) and Richard Brink. So Vicky was drinking and Richard Brink says he took her home. According to him, they drank more and they would be kissing one minute and then the next minute she'd be cussing him out and yelling at him and then they'd go back to kissing. So he said he got uncomfortable with this and got fed up with this and left at approximately 1.15 a.m. Mm-hmm. And according to him, when he left, she was still alive. Ray is the alibi for Mr. Brink. He said he knows Mr. Brink came home at 1.30. And Steve said, well, that's not much of an alibi. And Eric <laughs> said, I would have to say you're not mistaken. So then we actually, Steve reaches out to the ex-husband, John. He wants to talk to Steve because he said, this is an open murder case. He said, I don't feel like anybody is looking into this. I don't feel like anybody is trying to find out who killed her. And he, so that's why he's talking because he wants to get the coverage. Okay. He took a polygraph and passed to which I say polygraphs are useless because 
Don't don't ever take a polygraph. Don't ever take one. If you're guilty, don't take one. Yeah, because especially if you're innocent, (laughs) especially if you're innocent. Yeah, because they can't use it against you in a court of law. They're Mm -hmm. just going to use it to say, well, you failed. Mm -hmm. You obviously know something. Mm -hmm. And there are millions of reasons why you could have failed. Anyway, I'm done. Um, That's (laughs) off my soapbox. So now we talk to John and they actually met at the scene of the crime, which I'm like, that's morbid. Wow. Yeah. He said and he said uh, Vicky was very outgoing, but she was jealous. And she would accuse him of things that he didn't do, you know, step it out on her or whatever. And that's why he left. He just got tired of being accused mm-hmm. of cheating. And I don't blame him. Mm-hmm. You know, I that's exhausting. Mm-hmm. I've been in that situation. And it's usually because the other person is cheating exactly. and projecting onto you. Yep. Yep. So Steve asks how John learned of his he calls he kept calling her his wife. How did you learn about your wife's murder? So I don't know if they were just separated and the divorce never went final because mm-hmm. he left in 96 and she was killed in 97. Yeah. So not it's a lot possible. Of time. Yeah. It's possible that it never was or if final. He's just doing it to be dramatic. I don't know. <laughs> John said he was in bed and someone started beating on the side of his house. He said he got up and went to the door and opened it. And there was a guy with a skagit, which is where they are County Sheriff's department jacket on. Um, the officer told them by, by the end of the night, the officer is like, it just would be easier if you confessed. So like <gasps> trying to get a confession out of it. Oh, and no. John is like, he told me how much easier it would be if I just confessed. I said, confess to something I never had anything to do with. And I'm like, yeah, that's not okay. Mm-hmm. So John's theory about why she was killed has to do with an anonymous letter. I believe that Vicky's mom received in the mail. The person who wrote this letter explains what happened to Vicky. So like I said, she was an accountant. She had allegedly uncovered a stealing operation that had been going on to, for years, to which I say, I wonder if he meant like embezzlement. Yeah, probably. probably. But, you know, he said it involved a lot of money. He thinks she told the wrong person and they took her out. Wow. And that's what he thinks happened. That's probably right. Yeah. So we're digging through the archives now. (laughs) And he not only found dozens of people who died of illnesses on the land, he found the murder of a Native American man. Mm -hmm. So we go and talk to Jeff Davis, who's an author. He says the murder is unsolved to this day. Jeff Davis is the one that he went and talked to in the episode I did last week. Yep. He said my friend. He said, I'm talking to my friend, Jeff. Yeah. Same so cool. the, the Indian tribe that lived on this land were called the Upper Skagit tribe. And I hope I'm saying the name right. And if I'm not, I apologize. And please let me know. I'm not doing it on purpose. Right. Of course. So I sent you a photo that was taken of them in the early 1900s. Yep. They were displaced by white settlers. Of Shocking. Course. Yeah. So battles in the Northwest started around 1855. And tensions were still high into the 1900s. This tribe was wiped out, just Mm -hmm. completely gone extinct, essentially, Mm -hmm. because of what happened with the native with the white settlers. Mm -hmm. This murder happened in 1905. We have a Native American man named Wapato Joe. He went missing 75 years old and he was Mm -hmm. well liked and he just went missing. Two weeks later, they found his body on the bank of the river, 300 feet from the property. He was shot through the throat. And not only that, he was shot at such close range that there were powder burns on his throat. Oh, my God. The killer also cut off his hands. 
Oh. So this was a very, very brutal murder. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why they cut his hands off if they left his head. I mean, I don't mean to be morbid, but you could identify him. Yeah. that No, it was probably more something like the whoever killed him thought he stole something from them yeah. or something. That's uh, often that's what the hands are right. about. No arrests were made in that. And um, Jeff said he didn't think that people looked very hard for the killer because no. why would they? Why would they? He's just a Native American man. Mm-hmm. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Disclosure, we care. We care. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so now we get to Amy's. Um, so the first thing Amy says when she arrives. There's definitely something strange down the street. She said there's an energy field. Somebody put a barrier around the property. Uh, and we get to that later. Mm. She said there's a lot of violence going on there. All kinds of shit is going on. She said, you know, if they hear people around their house, they've got to be hearing people talking. They've got to be hearing conversations. It's pretty bad. Too much going on. She hears a lot of voices talking about illnesses. Amy said they seem to be in this area of containment, like they're being kept there. Um, And she said uh, the living would hear people talking. Um, She said the the dead people are very sick and the living would be feeling some of these symptoms. Mm -hmm. So then she goes inside and immediately she starts to feel sick. Mm -hmm. She says it's fear. You get so afraid that you feel sick. Wow. So we're back outside. Uh, Amy hears a woman and she thinks she was murdered. She sees three men with her. One man has a double barrel shotgun and two guys are with her. She called them bullies. And she said they don't want to talk about the woman at all. And they don't want the woman to talk to Amy at all. Hmm. They're trying to keep her away. So we go to the master bedroom and Amy sees the dead woman who crawls all around. She said Amy sees her crawling into bed. And she's wrapping herself around the living woman. And oh, she no. said, this is not good for the living woman. Well, no, I wouldn't well, imagine. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> he said the living person is taking on the dead person's energy. So they will act like the dead woman. Oh. Um, they'll, they'll take on mannerisms, speech patterns, um, kind of just all of this um, that the dead pe- person used to have will kind of seep into the living woman. Did Amy's demeanor change when she was no. talking about that? Okay. No. Nope. Cuz nope. every once in a while she'll do that. She'll like drop into a weird accent or something mm-hmm. and it I think I don't I don't know, but it seems like something's not taking over her cuz she's yeah. small uh, strong her. enough to stop that, but but I think sometimes they they speak through her and it, mm-hmm. like their accent and everything comes out of her mm-hmm. voice. Oh. Nope, she did it this time. Okay. okay. She said the two bullies are around when the when the dead woman like strays away from them and they have to get her back because she belongs to them. So when the two bullies are are retrieving the dead woman, the living people would feel like they are being grabbed or touched. Didn't the murder that you talked about, there were two men involved, right? Yeah. One and one was the alibi for the other one. Yep. So who's to say that the alibi guy is telling the truth at all? Okay. So we go outside again. I didn't watch this episode, by the way. I did not watch it this time. (laughs) I saw it back in the day, but I don't remember anything from it. So we're outside again. She said, what I'm getting is that if you enter this space, you're kind of like doomed. Hmm. 
And Matt asks how being here would affect the living. And Amy said they could potentially go insane. Amy said she doesn't think this is a good place for anything alive. Mm -mm. She said she's really freaked out. And again, she said, if you enter the space, you're kind of doomed. Back in the master Mm. bedroom, uh, trying to get more on the bed lady. She said she's really confused about how she died. Matt asks, does Amy know when she died? And Amy said she said it doesn't feel like very long ago that she passed away. She said she died horribly outside. She said she was totally blindsided. There was pain to her left eye, very, very sharp. And then she said pain to her head and neck area. She said it's like she's not registering what happened to her. It was that quick that Mm. like she can't she can't um, process it. Mm -hmm. So, um, again, we talk about the two guys in all black and the third guy, like I said, the one with the shotgun, she said he has a hat on and a long jacket and she strikes Amy as the type of man who held a position in of power in life. Hmm. Matt asks if they had anything to do with killing her. Amy said she knew these men and Amy said she had some sort of relationship with the man who killed her and that it was just completely unexpected, like hmm. totally caught her out of the blue. And now we're back outside. So <laughs> Amy said there are na- there are Native Americans here and they want nothing to do with this land. She said they're repulsed by the land. Really? She said they're very angry, but angry is an understatement. And mm-hmm. she thinks the Native Americans put the barrier up. She's oh. getting that this land is contaminated and no living organism is supposed to be here. And then she whispers, yeah, we're not supposed to be here. Mm. She said the barrier traps people who died on the land. She doesn't know if it traps people um, and like pulls them in if they didn't die on the land. But she said it definitely traps people who die on the land. And she said Native American people would throw um, their crazy, her word, not mine, people on the land. She said, and then they would basically go mad. They would scream and holler and yell and act like animals. Hmm. So then we go to the sketch. She said the murdered woman stood out the most to her. So that's who she had sketched. Um, So reveal uh, Brandon and Melissa are there. They can't afford to leave. So Mm. Steve goes into the backstory. Yeah. um, About, you know, what they're experiencing and why they called them in and blah, 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 blah. We already talked about it. Amy said when she first approached the property, the house is located on, she got some sort of energy barrier. She said it was very negative and very, very, very powerful. She said there are a lot of dead that are trapped on the land. And Amy thinks that the living would hear voices or people talking and they would most likely feel nauseous. Mm -hmm. Amy said she also kept hearing that they're not supposed to be here. We're not supposed to be here. Melissa says that they've heard children, they've heard men, they've heard women talking. Brandon talks about the child in the window. He said it Mm -hmm. looks like a blue and white hologram projection of a face looking at you in the glass. Weird. Yeah. Steve said, well, you mentioned sickness. You know, Melissa, why don't you tell Amy what's going on? And she said a couple months ago, she got an iron infusion because her blood won't produce iron. She said she's got vocal cord dysfunction, nausea. Just a lot of shit going on here. Hmm. So Amy says that the Native Americans put up the barrier. And what happened is um, some of the men from the tribe would come out to the land. And after exposure to the area, would they would go insane. And so the Native Americans felt the best thing to do was block off the land. 
Amy said what freaked her out was that they were telling her that any living person, any living person who steps onto the land becomes tainted. And they were saying the phrase doomed. So even Amy and Steve and the crew. Yeah. If they stay, yeah, they're doomed. Wow. So then Steve talks about Tammy. She said she was fighting with her husband's. She had stomach pains. She moved away and she was fine. Then he said that Tammy went to a local Native American tribe and they told her that there was too much bloodshed on the land and they couldn't help her. Mm -hmm. And Amy goes, really? (laughs) Okay. You know how Amy does. Really? Yeah. Oh, really? Interesting. (laughs) You know how she is. Yeah. So the name, then we get a little bit backstory of the tribe. Like I said, it was the Upper Skagit tribe. Steve says they were around for seven to 8,000 years. Jeez. And Amy goes, holy something. Because <laughs> they bleep it out. My guess is, well, a couple of words it could have been. I know yeah. she's fond of the F. Yeah. Word. It ended As in a T. It ended oh, in a T. Oh, then it was probably so shit. Shit or Christ. One uh, of the two. Yeah. She shows a photo. So that's when Steve shows the photo of the Native American people. Yeah. She said, or he said, um, 1840s were when the white settlers came in and started pushing them out. 50 years of fighting and the settlers wiped out almost the entire tribe. And Melissa says, you know, they've had such a run of bad luck since they moved there. She would joke with Brandon, like, did we move on and onto an Indian burial ground? Mm-hmm. And Amy goes, it's not a burial ground. It's kind of their dumping ground. Ugh. So they dumped their people that they couldn't help basically onto that ground. So then we, she talks about the woman who was murdered. She said, there are two men who are constantly with her, preventing her from speaking to Amy. They didn't want Amy to find out who had killed her. Hmm. Amy knew, um, felt she knew them and she felt that they were around the time of her murder, but they didn't kill her. Oh, the only thing Amy got on the man who actually killed her was something about stealing money. (gasps) Oh, It was relatively recent, and and she died a really horrible death. Oh. Amy said she felt pains in her neck and her head. Right as she said that, Brandon kind of went like this, mm. grabbed his neck, and said, "I'm sorry, guys, I'm having neck pain." Oh my Amy god! Says, yeah, it's. She said, "Yeah, it's really bad here." Brandon said, "It happens a lot. Comes out of nowhere. Can't breathe. Taste blood. Kind of the whole shebang." Ah. Uh. Yeah, it's, it's really bad. So then Steve talks about Vicky and he mm-hmm. said, Richard Brink, one of the men who went back to her house and was making out with her and then left. He died in 2003 of a heart attack at the age of 47. Hmm. Then we hear about the letter. So 18 months after Vicky was murdered, an anonymous letter was sent to her mom and then John outlining this embezzlement theory and how he she was killed because of that. Amy said the theory of the money is interesting. And then she said, I know our killer is dead because he's here. <gasps> and my stomach just dropped. I just got a chill. Yeah. And that. my breath, like it literally took my breath away. Oh my God. I know. And then she said, well, I had a sketch done of the woman. When Melissa sees the sketch, she okay. kind of gets this look on her face. And Amy says, do you know her? And Melissa said, I don't know. And Amy says, Have you felt her in your room? Have you felt her in your bed? And (laughs) Melissa says she can't breathe. She can't breathe. Amy says she'll get into bed with Melissa and wrap her arms around her. 
the reason she does this is she feels safe from the two men who are trying to get her. Oh, Vicky. I know. Um, that's when Amy says being in close proximity with a dead person can make you extremely sick mm-hmm. and also cause you to take on the dead's personality. And then Brandon mm. says she's changed a lot. He said he told her the other night that she's not even the same woman he married. Wow. He said it's sometimes it's like living with a stranger. Wow. Yeah. Bizarre. And uh, yeah, Melissa says the woman sat on the end of the bed and had a skeleton face and was reaching out to her and telling her like, you're going to die. Amy shows the second sketch, which is the sketch of her wrapped around mm-hmm. Melissa. She doesn't even flinch. She says, I know that. Ugh. She said she feels like she has a lot of pressure on her. She has a lot of nightmares. She mm. said she feels like there's a snake wrapping around her. And Brandon says she's been complaining of chest pains. Feels like a rubber band is wrapping around her. Mm. Amy says she's killing you. She's oh, killing you. God. Amy says when she sits down to a table to do a reveal she'll scan people and she said what she saw around melissa was death Mm. melissa whispers to brandon over and over and over again i told you i told you i told you and then she said i told you i was dying Mm. amy said you have a choice to make here and melissa says i know the choice steve says sweetie you're a fighter and melissa just whispers i'm i'm just so tired i'm Mm. tired i'm so tired so then Steve says, well, this is the part of the, the reveal where we have to figure out if it's safe for you to stay. And Amy says, this is when my job really sucks. She said there are places and locations that should never have been inhabited. Mm-hmm. And this is one of them. She said, for your survival, you need to leave and you need to leave now. Like like ASAP. Get in like, the car right now. Yeah. Like, let's all leave together. We'll go yeah. to Denny's for a Grand Slam. <laughs> and then we'll go to a hotel. Yeah. Steve goes, there's no way you can, like, put up a barrier or anything. <laughs> Amy says the the Native Americans knew that this place wasn't livable and they put their garbage here. Mm. Melissa says, if for some reason we can't go and Amy makes a face, like, mm. <laughs> fucking don't say. Don't say that. So this is when it gets really shitty um, because Brandon says he'd have to send Melissa away and he can't stay. He says he's been with his, uh, he lives there with his mother. He said after he came back from tours, his mother's health declined and she can't leave. Melissa says she won't leave Brandon. And he says, thank you. And I'm like, no, this is when, and I texted you about this last Mm -hmm. night. Mm-hmm. Like he said, thank you. No, this is not a thank you. Stay with me. This is a, you need to get the hell out of here because mm-hmm. you're literally dying. Mm-hmm. He says, I've been with you 22 years. I'm not leaving you. So Steve says, can you at least promise to think about it? And, and Melissa says, yeah, we'll think about it for sure. Um, Brandon says, I was hoping there'd be a way out. Well, there is a way out, Brandon. You fucking just fucking heard move. it. Yeah. You just don't want to believe it. You just don't want to move. So the wrap-up, they've decided to stay. Uh, the activity continues. Uh, I, I mean, in this reveal, Melissa had essentially resigned herself to dying. Yeah. Like, you could just tell. You could yeah. tell. There was no fight in her. Yeah. She was just exhausted. And uh, I tried to find some follow-up information, and I was mm-hmm. not able to find anything. Mm. So... God, I wonder was, if she it survived. was so sad. I hope she did, but I doubt it. 
that dead woman is sucking her energy how is she supposed to survive that Mm. and the dead woman isn't doing that like to be mean right no she's just she's just trying trying to to feel safe from these two men who are bullying her yeah for eternity that's just that's horrifying i know it's really sad that's 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 the case yikes yeah yeah when you first told me that this was really that you were doing this one that was really sad and that this woman was basically dying um and that's why i said uh, is this the one about the woman who has cancer because i'll just say this because i don't think i'm ever going to cover this one because it was so fucking sad mm-hmm. um but there was one and i don't i was in one of the newer ones i think maybe season 13 and this woman had stage four breast cancer mm-hmm. and she's a sweet woman but she was pretty ill, pretty weak and everything. And she was like, this house is trying to kill me. And Amy said, you know, you've got to, you've got to go basically. And then the wrap up, I'm going to get all the clamped, the wrap up that it was, you know, that, yeah, whatever. She died two weeks after they left. Oh my God. It was awful. Wow. That's terrible. Yeah. So on that note, I promise we'll so, do a fun one next. Well, actually, yeah. the next one we're doing is um, is another listener one. So right. uh, I don't know which one it is. I mean, I know I know which one it is, <laughs> but I don't know. I haven't watched it in recent memory, so I don't know. Um, but at any rate, and since we don't know what's going on for the next couple episodes, we're we're, we're just flying by the seat of our pants over here. That's how we roll <laughs> at the Activity Continues podcast. That's right. That's right. If we do an episode next week, it will be, um, I will be covering Evil Underground. It's from season two. It's episode 16. It takes place in Rock Island, Illinois. And it originally aired in 2013. It was a recommendation from listener and fellow podcaster named Lily. <gasps> I love that name. I know. I was going to name my daughter Lily if oh. I had one, but then I didn't. And, and it was a boy. That was a good story. Uh, so her name's Lily, and she has a podcast called Haunted Happy Hour. Love it. They will be our promo partner for whichever week we end up doing. Yeah. Uh, during her that episode. episode. Yeah. yeah. Oh, do we have a dad joke? This is the same one I picked from last time. And last time's joke was pretty dang funny. I even told Greg and he laughed. I forget what it was, but I know I laughed real hard. You did. You laughed so hard, like you... You, you were stop like, making it's any noise. not that funny. And I'm like, <laughs> you don't know. Uh, it was just I, like I was like reading or something. So I was listening to you and you weren't doing anything. And I looked up and you were just like. <laughs> okay. Um, why? Here's one. Okay. Why do fathers take an extra pair of socks when they go golfing? I don't know. In why? case they get a hole in one. Oh, but I'm. Yeah. Yours was way funnier. No, that's a good one. That's just a groaner. I mean, that's a true dad joke. Yeah. That's a groaner. I want. I forget what yours was, but God, I mine was. I, I'll just read it because I'm looking right at it. Okay, perfect. Uh, after an unsuccessful harvest, why did the farmer decide to try a career in music? Oh, right. <laughs> and I don't remember what was it because he had a ton of sick beats. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Oh my God, that was so good. <laughs> I only seem oh. to get sick on weekdays. I must have a weekend immune system. Okay. I know. But Again, I'm but I'm 
<laughs> thanks, folks. We'll be here all week. <laughs> your wait staff. Tip your wait staff. Yeah. Well, thanks everybody for yeah, listening. Thanks for listening. We'll and talk to you next who time. knows what the hell is going to happen next week? Nobody. Maybe nothing. Check your <laughs> check your magic eight ball. It's probably got more knowledge than we do. Yep. Yep. We're gonna be playing it playing it by ear. So we'll put something out, even if it's yeah. just a like a something I c- cut out of another episode or something. We'll get you something. We'll get you something. We won't leave our five fans hanging. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, thanks everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Maybe. We'll see you at some (laughs) point in the future. Nobody knows when that is. The psychic probably knows. Thank you for listening to the Activity Continues podcast. We really appreciate you giving us your ears for a bit. Please reach out if you have a suggestion for which episode of The Dead Files we should cover next, or if you have a spooky story you'd like us to share on the show. We can be reached at theactivitycontinues at gmail.com or through our website or any of our socials. Links are all in the description of the show. Please feel free to drop us a note and say hi. And join us next time when The Activity Continues. The Activity Continues is produced by me, Amy, at Collected Sounds Media, and is part of the independent Collected Sounds Podcast Network. We are also proud members of the Boo Pod Network of super cool podcasts. Nailed it.